See, I'm a, I'm a fast learner. You're, you're a fast learner, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. We can tell. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Oh yeah, it is. It is. You had you had a, like a decent influence on that. You know, it, it rubs off on everybody. It does. It does. It's true. And it stays. I try to remove it, but it doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I, I trust me. I've, I've been around this guy for twenty-five years. Oh wow! Okay. So, <laughs> so like, there's no yeah, butter on bread. So we're like this. So there's no washing that off, right? <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm stuck on you. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eventually, eventually, when I get a nice setup in the basement, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I was telling Mike about it. Actually, yeah. I have a sh I have a shack in the backyard. Yeah, my camera's over there, but I, I'm looking over here. Yeah, that's I, have, <laughs> I have a shack in the backyard, okay. which is storing all kinds of like teacher stuff for my wife yeah. and the lawnmower and all that kind of stuff. But eventually, mm -hmm. I want to insulate it nice. I want to make it yeah. into like a guy's, oh, you know, maybe a recording area or something. Yeah, you know, if, if that's good. Something like that, or I put a couch in there and different things, and you know, yeah, for we sure. Could play video games. That's what we were thinking. We could just go over. I could just play video games. Well, whatever. <laughs> we could do this there. We could even. We could remember, yeah. uh, I, Carlo. I talked to yeah. Mike about doing um, a uh, YouTube version of yeah. this with cameras, yeah, yeah. but actually oh. have people. Not obviously you can't have everybody, but like, let's say the yeah. local people that come yeah. and they can sit down in your little like cafe area. You put a little table in there and make it all nice in the back. But you know. Yeah, for sure. That could work out really well, you know. Um, so, so it would be like a uh, multiple cameras thing, right? Or, or would it well, be a it, simple it, it person? It could be. It could be just one camera to make it easier. Oh, like oh, in person. Okay, okay, that's yeah, perfect. But that's wow. a that's an in person one, right? So, you know, it'd be um, really funny and annoying for the neighbors if if you put like a bunch of speakers. So when we're speaking, it just like blasting out. You know, like the the restaurants when they put out yeah. like the what do you call this? Um, uh, you know those exhausts so people could smell. You know, yes, uh, yes, like uh, the, the smell of the <laughs> restaurant or the exactly, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a sound of the podcast. People are going to constantly hear this. You know, then, then we'll be making fart sounds and they're going to hear it. Everywhere. Exactly, like the, the, the francophone neighbors won't appreciate it too much. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course, you're going to get a fine. You know, <laughs> uh, on Saint jo on Saint Jean Baptiste Day, they're all out in the backyard partying, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> but outside of that, they don't they don't really come outside. So yeah, that's of, right. Uh, kind of funny. That's funny, Mister D. I, this I I know I I kept you in the dark for about a couple of things, yeah. but uh, this is our first interview with Mr. Carlo Polidoro yeah. Lopez, Gee. born in Canada, raised yeah. in Ecuador, yeah. based in Montreal. Yeah, he works for the English Montreal School Board as a childcare worker, but he's got a million talents, but one of them being art. And instead of me telling the story, mm -hmm. I, and I have all my notes here, and I, you know, we, we talked, Carlo, and you sent me some stuff, whatever. Yes, yes. But you did, you did like to experiment with different things, uh, different types of mediums of art, and you did some painting back in 2013. Exactly. Uh, visual arts program at Dawson College mm -hmm. here in um, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, for for our listener, international listeners. And you 
then you studied as uh, you transferred and studied as a mature student at Concordia University for painting, mm-hmm. a drawing program, and you're completing your last year in your BFA in fine arts. Yes, that's correct. Did I miss anything? No, no, no. It's fine because it's <laughs> actually you missed a lot. No, no, no. Terrible, Mike. Terrible. You're terrible. terrible. You're fired. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> that's it. I'm gone. I'm out of here. It's like I'm done. I'm done. Uh, so yeah. So and a lot yeah. of your art, I would say. I mean, I've seen a lot of your pictures, and yeah. uh, we'll get to your social media and your your uh, internet stuff later. I'm assuming, and is also what you told me, it's it's related to your personal. Mm-hmm. Your personal history, your personal stories, mm-hmm. um, your memories. Mm-hmm. Of course, my computer is deciding to do its own thing. Um, <laughs> right at the moment. Uh, your uh, everyday life, street life, experience in South America, right. your society, and then coming to North America. And you're yeah. trying to like encompass Blend. a lot of that stuff. So yeah. let's start off with how you started with with art. Like what what age did you start with art? Well, um, the thing is, I never really created art as a kid. Um, in high school, I remember in Toronto, I did take like a, one course of art, but it was this high school thing. So, you know, I did one project, I won the art award. And then after that, they kind of shut off. I had nothing there. Yeah. Um, when I moved back to Canada, uh, this was probably in 2011 or so. Uh, I worked a little bit, you know, here and there, odd jobs. Uh, from there, I decided, uh, I think there was a friend who had materials. He gave me a bunch of uh, different mediums, materials, so I didn't know what to do with it. So I just took it and just started uh, messing around with it. Um, then from there, I would decide to maybe I wanted to take nutrition courses uh, so I can study nutrition in, uh, I think it was McGill or something. So I had to do like prerequisites. I ended up taking one introduction to painting class. And from there, what ended up happening that the, the teacher said, there's something different um, the way you work, even if you never created art before. So she recommended that I try out for a program. Uh, from then on, the, I only had the night before. So in one night, I created all the portfolio just going through it. Right. Uh, once I arrived, um, I think it was a chair person of the department interviewed me and I was accepted on the spot. Uh, so that's what happened with college. And I just stayed there for one year maximum. I took a year off and transferred over to uh, Concordia University because I didn't have time. You know, I have a family, so I didn't want to like waste too much time in college. Okay. You found college was a waste of time. Uh, what? You found college was a waste of time? Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's just because what happened is that um, I, since my, my French level wasn't as high, like I can speak and write enough, but... Um, I had to take a test. So the test basically put me in a lower level. So I had to take basically four or five classes, which meant that was going to be about four years or so, you know, like until I was able to graduate. So what happened was I decided since I had an option to do the mature student studies, I just transferred over to Concordia. I sent my portfolio and I was accepted. And then, you know, moving forward, um, I worked uh, for those three years, you know, really hard. I went to uh, the open studios, uh, you know, you're supposed to stay there for a few weeks. I ended up basically taking over for a few months, you know. It uh, made people laugh. Some people were pissed off, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's a part of it. <laughs> it comes, it's like politics. It comes with it, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. And I you know what, I'm oh, sorry to interrupt, but that, that that's what's great about that is that uh, that kind of tension, I kind of put into the work as well. You know? Right. So I kind of played with that. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. I was just wondering too, like, 
like you, you just mentioned that you have like a family life and like you, you you do like a few different things uh when do you actually have time to do your art well that's the thing that's what's interesting about this is that uh, the first year or two it was basically finding um the pro my process you know and and also the style uh how i create so once in those first two years were a little bit difficult i was in the studio quite a bit you know i was studying um because i had like um, just regular courses and studio courses so i would do them both in the studio like uh at the what's it called um the visual arts building yeah so what ended up happening is that um i would stay there for hours ask any artist when you're in the studio you know 10 hours seems like one hour just like flies by time flies exactly so during the week i would be studying you know i would Basically, during the day, stay at home with my family. And then later in the afternoon, I would go to the studio and stay till 12, 1 a.m. or so. So that's how I kind of balanced that, you know, for the first years. I think, like as you were saying, mm -hmm. 12 hours is like one hour in the studio. Yeah. And Mike and I had talked about it with uh, the tattoo artist I went to see. Yeah. He, he, he told me that story. He was a, yeah. uh, an accountant. And yeah. then he would go home and draw every night, like five, six, yeah. seven hours. Oh. And, and he became obsessed. But he... To, like yes. obsession or yeah. passion, right? So obsession, uh, passion, and yeah, then yeah. it's like Mike is asking you once or twice a month. You're like, no, no, this became like all that. Yeah, as, you were doing it as much as possible. Exactly. It, actually, it's funny you say that because it start it started off as uh, a passion, and then it became an obsession because, um, and it was actually reflected through my Instagram. I kept on posting like crazy. I have an artist friend, you know, he's doing really well, so. Uh, he gave me a few suggestions. He told me that I noticed that you're posting quite a bit and you're in the studio a lot for, for a while. So he said that uh, it's good to take little breaks. So once I took, uh, I took heed to that uh, advice, um, basically, I took little breaks and slowly started slowing down because there's a point where if you keep on doing that, eventually you're almost stuck to it. It's almost impossible to to leave that cycle. You know, right. like the way the old school, you know, you work for like 14 hours a day. And then you have to work. And if you stop working, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, the old school mentality, like yeah, me, yeah. me mixing uh, I, I, thousands of pounds of cement today trying to make a drain. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my, you know, my father's like, no, we got to keep going. We got to keep yeah, going. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my, that's my dad. Too, yeah. the, the day's over, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they keep on pushing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I speak to a lot of writers on, um, on Twitter. Yeah. And they say they designate time for that particular reason like you're going to get lost and you're going to do it all the time and yeah. at some point you're going to overwhelm yourself and get burnt out so yeah. maybe you're saying you know sunday three hours wednesday three hours friday two hours or whatever and yeah. then you're balancing your family life and everything exactly and going going into that actually what's interesting is that uh, at first especially with uh, the creative process when you're creating um, there's a point where when you feel something at that moment you have to go and create at that moment or you lose it right Right. But what I was able to develop, develop eventually is being able to control that. So when I get that feeling, I'm able to hold that off. Now, it took a while, but I'm able to hold it off, wait for a few hours if I have to do other things. And then when I get in the studio or I start creating, I'm able to release it. Yeah. You know, and that's what sometimes people have trouble with, you know, and that's why sometimes people get uh, upset or in a bad mood because they couldn't create at that moment where they felt it, you know. But uh, once you can control that, uh, there's like part of the success, you know. I always liked art and I always liked drawing and I was pretty good growing up. And then at some point I it kind of stopped. You get busy, you go to yeah. sports and you go to school and, and things like that. And I almost considered 
mm-hmm. applying to an art program oh. uh, for college, and oh. then it kind of fizzled out. And then I was thinking, like, maybe I should do writing, or should I go try to do art? Because Mike and I, Mr. D and I, we did a clay workshop. No, I didn't. I did. But we had the same class together, right? Mike, the clay workshop class I did? You mean like the movie uh, Ghost? No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we sculpt the clay together. What's that movie there with, uh, was it uh, with Demi Moore and uh, Patrick Swayze there? That's a movie. It's Ghost. <laughs> I, was that movie. I was like, is that the name of the movie? Or like, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's sitting behind me and he's holding my hands over sculpting the clay. Oh, boy. But the, I... But I, I did a clay I did a clay workshop class on a whim, and I think Mike, you were doing your German class at the same time, or no? Yeah. Oh wow, really? No. Yeah, I was doing that because even okay. me at one point I was thinking like yeah. I, I've always kind of liked art. Yeah, of course. For me, it's like um, I, I was always. I mean, even now as I'm getting older, mm. I'm more into like the very classical Baroque style art. So any paintings you see like in Venice, Paris. Uh, Prague, mm-hmm. even like Moscow or whatever, that always fascinated me. Like for me, b- basilicas, cathedral, palaces mm-hmm. uh, in Europe, uh, probably even like a few in South America. Like mm. I can never get bored of that. Well, and of course, that, that's always fascinated me. And even like we were going back to uh, when we were in uh, uh, in, in Vanier, mm-hmm. there was a few um, courses that I was thinking of taking, yeah. but it was kind of like abstract art. And uh, abstract to me is not for me. I yeah, just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Well, you know what? Um, that's how it is. It's funny because sometimes to create it, um, there are people who force it, you know, like, like I, I can't do abstract art, but I'm going to do it because it's in style or there's something happening. So what happens is feels forced. In that respect, if mm. you, you can't get into it. But if you look at, say, certain, like, say, if there's one abstract piece that you look at, it doesn't mean you have to create it, but maybe that creates like this spark of, of the style of art that you want to do. You know, like there's a lot of works. If you look, my works don't look, of course, Baroque or, or perfect at all, you know, in any sense. But you have, but you have a unique style. Yeah. But the thing is, there's, there's, certain, there's certain elements where I actually take from Velasquez and other very classical painters. You know, and it's, I, I don't mean in terms of visual, but I mean that when I see that paint, a painting of Velasquez, for example, I'll feel it. And there's some elements of color and maybe certain, even through simple lines, you know, um, and it's a bit hidden. So that's why I'm wondering, maybe if you can't create, let's say, abstract or you can't create a certain type of style, maybe just looking at it will create that spark to create something in your own, the style that you are feeling comfortable in, you know? It's like writer's block, though. Right. Like if you have writer's block, you can't write. If you force it, it's going to it's going to be terrible. I mean, you can always go back and edit. But I imagine you start a piece of art and then you stop. Maybe you won't touch it for a week and then you go back and you spend eight hours on it. You know, Twombly, right. You know, this painter, Um, you know, there's times where that reminded me of that. You know, he didn't force himself. He would actually put like an empty canvas in front of on top of a wall or whatever in an area. He would leave there for months. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he catches this feeling and a spark and just starts creating you know, and just build it all up. And it just, it just happens, you know, it's like, it's like uh, setting your mind up for success. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I know I want to do this. I'll put it right here and look at it every day, but I don't feel pressure to do it. And I'll do it whenever I feel like it. Right. Yeah. I used to do that with books and writing. I would leave stuff everywhere. I'd write on napkins. I'd leave books That's in good. the bathroom, right. in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then 
I'm like, no pressure. I'll read five pages. Might not touch the book for a month, yeah. but then, but then you go get it, right? Yeah, so exactly. And I and I imagine. I mean, it, like you said, like it depends on the type of stress or what kind of emotions you put in your work. Yeah. But if you're stressed in a bad way, like I got to do this, yeah. uh, uh, it's not enjoyable. So then it's not natural, and it's gonna not come out the way you want it. Exactly. It's just like uh, what's his name, that writer uh, uh, Bukowski, right? You know, like it was so raw and uh, it has this, it, of course, you can tell there's elements of uh, study. Like he reads a lot. He read a lot, you know, yeah. but there was also that element where it seemed like he wrote when he wanted to. Like, he, um, like maybe if he didn't feel it, he was probably drinking or doing whatever he was doing, you know, but when he was feeling it, he would flow. Like you can, that's when you can sense the flow. Like there's any successful writer, artist, when you look at a work and it's, successful i don't mean only monetary just in terms of peers and all you can feel the flow you know no matter how dark or how happy the work is there's that natural flow that that wasn't forced you know yeah like i was just wondering too like if, like let's say all the artists that mm. like you probably know is there anybody yeah. or a few of them that actually you've got inspired to do something or to yeah. that actually made you want to carry on your artwork well in the beginning like say just to make it quickly in the beginning I didn't have that many influences besides the typical, you know, Van Gogh and all that. Like everyone knows the the main, main people, right? Yeah. Um, the thing is when recently or even within the last two or three years, there's times where someone will tell me about an artist. That's, an, that's all that also happens. There's name dropping, you know, like there's someone says, oh, this piece kind of reminds me a little bit of this. And you never heard about this artist. So then that then you'll check it out, you know, and you find out a new artist. And then from that new artist, maybe you'll see that artist's influences and it just becomes this chain, you know? So that's what basically happens uh, with me. Yeah. Do you ever collaborate with somebody to make a piece of art? Uh, or that's, maybe that's later on. Well, collaborate. Let me just try to think. I, I remember in university, we did a collaboration. Uh, there was an artist uh, who would put a work on like, the, uh, what was it? On the, you know, those billboards where they put messages, you know, like say, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, this artist would put like one material and then after I would interrupt it on purpose and then this artist would interrupt it again. So when it created this kind of friendly battle, I guess. Yeah. But the funny thing is it's, you're not supposed to put anything on there except for inf information, you know, or whatever for shows and all. So we were waiting to see when it would be taken down. It was like almost this kind of tension again, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, that was one collaboration, but in general, uh, there was also an artist, uh, her name is uh, Rasanj from uh, Kuwait, but she she was studying in um, uh, New York. And that's where I met her and I met other, another artist, uh, his, his name was Vieno. So I met them together, you know. Um, and with her, like I did a collaboration in the studio because it was at the moment, you know. So that, I think it was in the SVA, the University in New York. Um, but other collaborations... Uh, not yet. I would like to, but but you're yeah, you're open. To exactly, it. yeah, yeah. Let's say all like your artwork. There's different types of like forms of art, and I was wondering, did you ever think of maybe doing artwork as in I don't even know how to describe it, almost like three D, like uh, almost like Gaudi, like Gaudi, like where you would have like his church, where uh, it's still being built after three hundred years. Yeah, he also has his garden, type thing. Uh, uh, did you ever think of maybe like doing artwork, but then maybe doing like yeah. a garden? Or maybe doing like some sort of uh, terrace that's has like a I don't know maybe some sort of like mm. um, ar artistic bridge 
to it or something? Like, did you ever think of, uh, yeah. like, did you ever think of doing that like in the future? Oh, it's, it's basically almost like a, an interactive art in a way, right? Where, where it's art, but it's, it can also be used, for example, like a garden or somewhere where people sit and just hang out. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I was actually thinking about that. There, there are ideas, you know. Uh, there was this one where sometimes in parties and in my family, you know, you, you would have chairs kind of in a square shape where there would be young people and older people kind of talking to each other. But I wanted to do something where people would sit down and strangers visiting the show. And then I don't know if they're talking about the show or just in general, and it kind of opens up dialogue. Um, that was one idea. I have many of them. But uh, yeah, I, I'm actually open to trying it out. I haven't done it for a show yet. I think it would be interesting. Yeah. I find a lot of your, your pieces. I'm looking at them right now on your website. Yeah. Carlo Polidoro Lopez dot com. <laughs> si. Okay. Uh, and you have a lot of pictures here of uh, of your of your art on display at your studio. Yeah. And and I would say it's 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 like pop art, 3D, yeah. abstract, modern, yeah. that type of stuff. So mm -hmm. I mean it's not a whole garden or a forest yeah. like Mike's trying to say, mm -hmm. but it is kinda interactive oh, yeah. it's kind of well it's it, yeah. it, it's kind of like 3d yeah. because you're using different elements you use a lot of recycled materials yeah, as well. anything that you can try to like deliver your message you know yeah. so well that, that's true in a way it is it, it, it there is a, there are a lot of 3d elements in the past i would just do paintings and drawings and then i had a professor uh, you know uh, rest his soul. He just passed away like a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and basically, he he told me, okay, I was doing paintings with a stretcher, and he said, the way you're painting, it seems like uh, there are messages on the wall. He says maybe take away the wood and just put the canvas directly on the wall, and from there it started picking up, and then I started uh, collecting uh, what do you call this old canvases. I started collecting uh, cardboard. And it started building up, you know, from 2D slowly to 3D into installation, you know. Well, moving on from collaborations to your first show. And yes. you had a first solo show mm -hmm. in 2021, represented by Gallery La Roche and Jonka. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I said it right. Yeah. In Montreal. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, um, that's another thing, you know, uh, when you're in the arts, uh, you have to learn how to network as well, right? Um, right. So it started off that. At me and my wife, I think about three, four years ago or so, went to a show at that gallery. We ended up talking to the gallery owner, you know, had a good conversation. So I told him I was studying in university and, you know, I gave my link to Instagram. So I just left it there and I didn't think much of it, you know. But I guess uh, both the directors were looking at my page, you know, kind of quietly. And you've been working on the Instagram yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah, point, and right? so, exactly. And I was just going to school, you know, going to the studio, working, you know, doing my thing. And uh, all of a sudden, when everything started closing down, whatever, you know, 2020, the whole thing, I got a message saying, do you want to be part of a group show? It just came out of nowhere, just like that. Uh, so I said, yeah, for sure, I'll, I'll, I'll participate. I went to the, to the gallery and uh, brought in a few works. So they were going to choose which works were going to be in the group show. Mm. Um, for me, since it's something new, I was so excited. You know, it was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> now everything's so calm. You know, like like yeah, I treat yeah. as if it's oh, okay, whatever. Uh, not whatever. Like I don't want the guy to get offended. You. Know? No, the first yeah. time you're like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. This is like, it's Christmas. It, it's exactly. Yeah, that's how it is. I'm still excited. I'm happy to work with him because yeah. great guys. You know. Then a week later, he messaged me and he said, 
Duand, actually a solo show, uh, one of the really great artists, uh, her name is uh, Frankie, she decided to change the date. She wanted to do it uh, further ahead. So there was an opening and I said, do you want to do the, uh, the solo show? Usually people have months and months to prepare, but I love throwing myself in deep water because, you know, it's more interesting that way, you know? So he gave me the space and then everything closed down. I was supposed to have one month and uh, I ended up having like two months and a half. So I had, wow. I had the space where I brought all the works and created this installation. It was interesting about it is that it happened naturally, you know, like I would take things down. Some things were planned. Other things were, uh, I call it inst inst by instinct. Uh, so it was that kind of play between both until I felt it was ready. It's almost like thinking like a painter, you know, kind of creating work. And then yeah. you stop when you know it's perfect. Uh, so that's how it happened. You know, it was called Proceso, which is a process, you know. Yeah, and yeah. that's what the show looked like. It looked like just a process from my first year at university going on to the last year. And the finale was the solo show. Just kind of wrap things up, you know. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you've also been interviewed. Right, you've been interviewed on CBC Radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you also been interviewed uh, uh, by the Link Magazine. Yeah, that was a good. By idea. a now CBC journalist, yeah. Brian mm -hmm. Lapuz. Exactly. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. He uh, came to my studio many times. It was actually a few months. You know, he just came down. We used to have conversations. He used to write down information. So he took a few months, and he was only in school that time. You know, he was yeah. only working, but he took it so seriously. He had this like really cool passion about it you know that's awesome yeah, yeah. Then, you, then you feel like you're really moving up you're like oh, people are interviewing yeah you. exactly yeah it, it's it's a great feeling because um even through interviews it's a conversation as well just like critiques in school sometimes you'll yeah. you'll hear certain ideas you know other ones you can just ignore but then there's some of them that are like gold because you're like wait a second this is opening another door to something that i could create further you know yeah, yeah pretty interesting yeah and now you're interviewing on the Mr. Mike podcast wrong answers only. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. You know, I'm got, yeah. I'm to that point. You know, and uh, you're also uh, my uh, new material supplier. <laughs> I, I'm your new material supplier. Yeah, yes. yeah. Parkade floors. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's listening, uh, they know for season one that yeah. uh, Mr. D, Mr. D helped me out yeah. a bunch downstairs. He'll tell you about <laughs> it. Uh, Jack hammering the cement, cutting up the floors. <laughs> Mike, I gave I gave Carlo uh, a bunch a bunch of pieces from the basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pieces as like what souvenirs, like uh, chip rock and uh, concrete for souvenirs. Not souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. when when you have a chance yeah. later, you'll see some of the pieces. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see them specifically. I don't know if they're on the website. But like I gave I gave Carlo the parquet flooring. That was nice. Yeah, yeah the squares, yeah. Uh, some pieces of like plywood, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they all had even even yeah. there was a piece of plywood that I cut out around these around the three inch hole of the cool. toilet, yeah. right? The PVC pipe, yeah. and I, I cut it out, and then there was a hole in the middle, and then you used that as a piece of art, yeah. and then you did your thing with it and everything. Yeah, and yeah. I, I saw you, I saw the progress, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So. So, like, because he uses uh, recycled materials yeah. and different and different things to put together. So, yeah. some of the stuff you cut out, Mike, with me, yeah. Carlo turned into art. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. So, so both your hands are in that work right now. You know. You know yeah. I, I, we feel special, Mike. That's right. You, yeah. <laughs> I see a glow in both of you now. You know. <laughs> all that uh, public, all that hard work we did in the basement. That's now right. It's, yeah. It's just paying off even before yeah, your exactly. basement. Exactly. I remember a, mi a Midas now. You know, the Midas touch. 
Well, yeah, when you become yeah. famous, and Mike and I are going to sit back like we touched that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and if it's in, hopefully it's in a museum one day, you know, like then we'll all go and just start like touching and we'll get kicked out, you know, what do you think? Listen, uh, I'd be like, this is mine first. I, exactly. can, I can touch it. Yeah, no that's problem. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you want to see art? But probably all, all our, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears there where we're complaining and yelling and yeah, swearing. It's all in the work. <laughs> it was in oh. the pipes where we're like, oh, great. All, all, the, all that hard work paid off. All that backbreaking labor and all the pounds <laughs> we, we 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 shed there, it actually paid yeah. off. Exactly. It's all there. It's all there. And I'm feeling it. I'm just adding to that conversation, you know. Right. So, <laughs> and but you're you're going away to Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah. How long are you going for? Uh, I'm gonna be going for a month. Um, so I'm gonna just go visit family, you know, and just kind of soak it up there. I might also bring materials back. Um I don't think I can bring big materials, but just whatever I can. Hey. Yeah. Just remember when you come yeah. back, yeah. you want you want to come to my garage. Yeah. I got materials coming out of the woods. <laughs> I know. I have so much <laughs> materials. Uh, uh, on top of what yeah. like Mike and I destroyed, yeah. uh, there's so much more. There's probably stuff you 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 have a field. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah for uh, sure. I can imagine it. It's like a candy store. And that's store, just the know, material. For... There's also the landscaping too, man. I'm sure you can get weeds and shrubs and. Uh, you can make art. Out of, you can make art out of that. No problem. Yeah. Don't worry. One day, uh, your shed. I'm gonna sneak uh, sneak there in the back, like at one in the morning, and create the shed into an artwork. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about it. I'm like, maybe we should paint this and make a mural. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's even that big tree that you want to cut down, man. There's plenty of uh, material. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. You got at least uh, 600 pounds worth of material there. <laughs> exactly. Well, if yeah. you need, uh, if you need tree stumps. Huge tree stumps. I ripped four out of the ground. Oh, for real? What? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you could do with that, but you're the artist. Yeah, I don't, I... yeah that's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll just like glue them all together and create like one whole tree stump. <laughs> yeah. Give me a, house. a house. Yeah, I'll create a house. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually telling my father yeah. about about that, and I yeah. gave you some materials. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Why would anybody want materials from the basement?" <laughs> and I'm like. Well, he's an artist. Yeah, he, yeah. he goes to shows and he and he and he takes what he finds yeah. from cities and he puts together. And, he, okay. he, and my father's a bit old. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, I have my uncles. I know. I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's pushing sixty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like he he works like you said. He works like eighteen-hour days, yeah. the seven days. Yeah, yeah, a yeah week. That's, he, that's my family. Yeah. You know, so he, he's like, what, what, well, what's we, going on here? You must, you know, what? It probably blow his mind if you told him that I, I I got a piece of wood from the street, fixed it up, and sold it. <laughs> hey. Like, you know what? You know what the funny thing is, my 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 father he's into uh, scrapping, yeah. scrap metal. Like he recycles everything, turns it into money. Yeah, yeah. So he pretty much does what you do. Yeah, basically. But he doesn't go to <laughs> he doesn't go to an art gallery. That's right. right? Yeah, I so, know. <laughs> it's true. Oh man, you know what? He could he could be like the latest outsider artist, you know, because he you know? he he doesn't know why he doesn't he doesn't even care about doing it. But you know, maybe someone will catch on to that. You know? like these things. If I had some free time, I should just walk around with like video, <laughs> like videographers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Follow him with videos yeah, live yeah. on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. But he'd be he'd be swearing constantly that it would just it just it wouldn't turn out for you. No, <laughs> just hear it. the whole show would be like beep 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And your some of your work, yeah, uh, it's in Montreal. Mm -hmm. It's displayed in. It's been displayed in New York. It's been displayed in Toronto. Oh, actually, no, no. Uh, sorry to, to interrupt, but uh, it hasn't been displayed in New York. But um, I have uh, works that are in a collection in New York. Okay, so that like exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Any anywhere else, or you're working on somewhere else? Uh, well, that's the whole thing. Is that I would like to do residencies, 
residencies where you apply and then you can stay in a place for two weeks, a month, two months, and they give you a place to stay, food to eat. And then at the end, most residencies give you a show for a month or so or a few weeks. Um, Exactly. And that's a good way to kind of uh, bridge off into the world, you know, where people start seeing your work. So that might be one avenue. What about uh, grants? Like I I know the Canadian government gives a lot of grants to artists. The Quebec government gives it to a lot of francophone for culture and things like that. But uh, have you looked into anything for grants for see from the government? I'm actually into that right now. I'm like looking into, I'm talking to friends who've done it. So I'm getting like ideas here and there. But you know, in the beginning, it gets a bit overwhelming because you have like a grant, you know, Canadian grant. You have a Quebec grant. You have also have travel grants. For example, if you get a a grant save. Uh, for example, to be able to work for a year with, without ha- uh, having interruptions, you know, in the studio. Um, when you have one grant and you want to, like, say, if you're uh, you have a creative block, you can actually uh, try, uh, apply for a travel grant, and uh, you can go to New York, for example, for two days, and they'll give you like maybe four hundred, five hundred dollars, I'm not sure, to be able to stay in a place and go to museums. So there's that. Also, in my case, because I'm represented with a gallery. Uh, like say if I say I'm having a solo show or something's coming up and you have a letter written by the gallery director, it's easier to get the grant, you know, in that case. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's more official. Like it's not yeah. just yeah. me off the street saying, Hey, I want a grant for art. Yeah. You're, you're more official. You have somebody representing you. You have an area, your, your art's been displayed and then yeah. you fill out an application, for yeah. example, and you, they, they, they review it basically yeah exactly well the whole thing exactly it makes it easier but just to so you know the viewers can know if you're an artist uh it doesn't mean that just because you're not represented you won't have a chance you can still apply you know everyone's open like see even yourself mr mike if you you know you're good at writing and you're like okay i have a good concept you know and i want to create this wood out of this because of my past i don't know you know right the stories yeah. if it's if it's uh clear and concise you know, and it's a good idea. You have a big chance of also getting accepted. But uh, there's one more thing. If you want another idea is that sometimes you can apply at the same grant year after year, like same for maybe two or three years, you'll get a no response. But then you, your name is going to be there. They'll remember you. So eventually, you know, you get something that's clear enough and you might be accepted. So it's basically not giving up, you know. So basically, you just got to harass people. Basically, yeah. <laughs> for years. For years. <laughs> for years. For years. <laughs> but Mr. D's good at that. He always harasses the government. Like, hey, where's my passport? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Actually, right to the, the passport office saying, where's my grant? You're like, wait a second. <laughs> Confuse them a bit. You know? But uh, speaking of passports, yeah. you, ju- you just got your all your passports done? Oh, man, you're one of the lucky ones. Ooh. Because uh, I'm t- testadura, you know, I'm hard-headed. So <laughs> I just oh. kept going. Well, because my, actually my, um, my wife's grandmother is not feeling so well. So, um, you know, it's like, just like my grandmother. We, uh, my father was in Canada with my uncle working. And uh, she had uh, cancer at that time. And the doctor said she was sure. living. Oh, no, no problem. Uh, it would have been nice to, to know her. But, you know, my dad tells me good stories. But uh, basically, this, just the strength of the human will, you know, is that she stayed alive until my uncle and my father went back to Ecuador. And once they arrived, a few days later, she passed away. So she was really holding off just to say goodbye. So that's what's happening with my wife, with the grandmother, you know, the doctor saying that she's living basically by miracle. And uh, I just kind of find that interesting about the human nature, you know, like, 
Um, it's just like the soul. What? The soul it's is a, holding on. Yeah, whole, exactly. So it's hope. It's, it's hope. hope. That's it's just like, what it is. Exactly. Like you don't say if there's like a mother, or whatever. You know, like they say that uh, if a child's uh, uh, stuck under something, you know, that there's danger. The mom can have like this superhuman strength. Yeah. Or, you know, just uh, father as well, like whoever it is, you know. Uh, unexplained things. Unexplained things, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, I was just saying to someone, like, if a lot of people don't realize yeah. how much hope can actually get someone through anything. The yeah. second you, you take away someone's hope, they can die. Basically, yeah. It, it's, it's like a living death. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's basically how we, most people that yeah. live, I would say, like, the, the average person would live through yeah. their everyday lives yeah. where it's something that they, whether it's a gr it was grinding at work, whether it's their family, whether yeah. they have to wake up very early to, uh, I don't know, maybe they have like a very important uh, job or they just want to live healthy or whatever the case may be that struggle or that, that wanting to accomplish their goal kind of be benefits them. Like, yeah, that makes kind of like any, any sense. No, no, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's like anybody, whether it's art, whether it's different fields, that that struggle is what actually hardens someone to actually yeah. continue doing whatever their 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 goals are, their uh, yeah, their, their their passions are. I guess. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Like, I mean, if you take that away from someone, it's almost like a living death. There's also that, that you know those cases where you have, let's like, say, there's a couple, you know. Uh, they say if the wife dies or the, the husband dies and they're together for years and all of a sudden the, the heartbreak is so strong that that other couple just uh, just passes away, you know, for, from, from that, that pain, you know. It's almost like I've heard of people yeah. dying of heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, people laugh at that, but yeah, I'm yeah. wondering. No, no, like, no, but it's, 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 yeah, it's probably, it's most likely true. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it has to be. I don't know if it's such a strong stress or something. So uh, like, maybe like you're saying, Mr. Mike, the soul, you know, maybe. Uh, well, maybe when uh, two people bond together for such a long period of time, if one goes, the other one becomes weaker and they and then they have nothing to live for. So they just they let go. Yeah. Yeah. An immune system is that, you know, we don't actually have like an immune system. Your immune system is. It's kind of like your whole body, your parts, you know, like it's, it's not like an organ. It's not like, oh, your lung is your immune system. It's not just that. It's, it's the whole encompassing, right? So I wonder if that's part of the soul, you know, the immune system. Like there must be like something there. Interesting. Ah. Very interesting. Ah, that's a book idea. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, excellent. Art, art idea inspired. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You'll write the book. I'll, I'll make the art piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, a, I have a couple of questions, and then yes. I'm gonna we're gonna test out a wrong answers only question with you with Mike here. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> so I, got, I don't know if I'm gonna do this with everybody later, but we'll, yeah. we'll uh, just for you first. So that's funny. Okay, oh, so nice. that's good. Two questions for for pretty yes. art related stuff. Yeah. One, have you ever wanted to quit up until this point? Quit. Wow. Quit yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it happened a few times, you know. Uh, I actually shut off my Instagram like two or three times. Like, I said, I'm not doing art anymore. I don't care. I'm done. Just stop. I'm going I'm home. Done. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. All of a sudden, the collectors are what, listening to this and like, wow, really? Yeah. He almost quit like three times. But it's, nor <laughs> it's normal, right? Like if you're yeah, struggling yeah. and you see no progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just happens. You have like these mini crises, you know? Um, um, but also there's another part of it where in terms of your process and your just your artwork in general, always questioning. Like I talked to a friend 
you know, uh, he's a re also a really great artist, uh, you know, a lot of great insights. And we're talking about also sometimes about making art personal, but if you make it too personal, you know, the people, they get it, but they want something also more general, you know? Well, something so, they can relate to as well. To. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. Exactly. So what's happening is that there was a point where I was making some works a bit too personal and, you know, I'm doing well, but I'm kind of questioning that now. Like I want to kind of balance it a bit more, you know, like bring it a bit out of the personal, keep it still there, but kind of remove it. But um, from that conversation, I actually got a really good idea, which uh, maybe the next podcast I'll share with you, you know, when it's a bit more elaborated. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Like I, I was, I was just thinking too, like you were talking about like how your artwork goes from like personal to yeah. what, let's say what others generally would like. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed that for many things. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, generally, like how would I, I would try to relate, I mean, not just from like an art point of view, but just as um, relating to other people is figuring out kind of what they like and then going yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, I know that's what some artists do. Yeah. But again, like if it's not you, you're trying to relate to other people, like it's, it's almost like you kind of have to like blend both of them together. Yes. You know, but again, like you, you could do it, but how much of it is it really you? It's like you're trying to piece to other people, but how much of it is it really you? You know what I mean? Oh, oh even when you make it personal, how much of it is yourself? I, um, I think what makes it yourself in a way is if you, well, of course, if you're adding your own memories, you know, but besides that, like you're saying, even if you're creating artwork about you, uh, I'm getting materials from somewhere else, which was, uh, these materials were somebody else's materials, so it's not really mine. Like what's trending? Oh yeah, yeah, and let's say your your personal artwork, what you're really passionate about. Sometimes it's almost like to yeah, it's almost like to to get your artwork across mm. to really make it known. You kind of have to fuse everything together. Oh. But like, how much of it really yeah. do you really enjoy doing? Taking yeah. what's trending and doing what's personal. Oh yeah, you know that's what, what some people ha have to do sometimes. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing is that you're right. Yeah. It, it, that's that's a, a big one um, when something's trending because you know, like as human beings, you want to be a part of something, and you, when you're when you're excluded, it feels nasty, you know. Yeah. So you want to try to get into that. Um, it, you know, if you have a case where you're creating original works and but it's not part of the trend, you know, you're not getting that much attention, and then going back to what Mr. Mike says about you feel like quitting sometimes, you know, you see you're not being a part of a certain trend and you're not getting a certain attention and you want to quit but if you hang on maybe what you're doing in the beginning is is, is very important that once that trend is gone you know maybe you can actually rise above it i'm not sure but i was just thinking too like what you're saying yeah. it just it, it just um yeah. it just kind of brought back an old experience where oh i find yeah. a lot of stuff that's trendy yes it's like you're just saying like how many times you just wanted to quit generally speaking Let's say whatever you're really passionate about. Yeah. Even if it's not trending within, I don't know, it could be six months, a year, two years. Yeah. Uh, at some point, it will catch on. And yeah. generally speaking, that's going to be long lasting because trending, anything that's trending never lasts long. It goes away, of course. It, it, it goes away. I, I would say maximum, maybe a couple of years. That's max. And you know what's there, there's that uh, interesting. It's almost like a sacrifice. You're like, okay, I'm not trending, 
you know, but I'm doing something important where eventually when what's trendy goes away, then you're going to rise above and your artwork is going to be everlasting in terms of, like, say, in my case, art, right? Um, and like I said, that road is painful, but once you, you pass that, the reward is, is great, you know? Meanwhile, maybe the people who are trending... Most of them don't last long. Exactly, because maybe you ride, That's why you say that fame, you know, that, that fast rise and all of a sudden that, that fast fall, it's a crash. People, some people can handle it. You know, you can go get into this... Uh, crisis emotional crisis state you know like um it's like staying consistent with mm -hmm. your brand or your style regardless you're like i'm not giving up or mm -hmm. sacrificing my methods or my mm -hmm. art for a trend because like you said it'll drop fast or you dissipate you know it'll be like gangrene style after one song and then it's super popular <laughs> for a while exactly, and then that's yeah. it like it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about that. And then, but and then the... you start hearing it only in dentists uh, or you know, like shops or whatever. Not shops, what do you call it? The waiting rooms. You know, when I go when I go to the dentist, I was actually there recently. Uh, yeah. I'll see a piece of your art there. Like, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we never heard of it, about him after this piece. That's exactly. That's where I want to be. No. Probably not going to be like these trending songs around because actually, that's actually a very good example. Is yeah. uh, actually uh, a lot of music like underground songs. Yeah. How many of them are like people really love it till they go mainstream? Yeah, it's yeah, like ah, yeah. oh, they're not as good, or at least feel oh, a lot better. Yeah, when yeah, it but high. when they work like pop or mainstream, people love them. Most of them, like grassroots. Um, you know, I'm half Italian as well, but supposedly they say that uh, a lot of Ecuadorians have this habit of like cutting through the conversation. You know, like you know when you interrupt. <laughs> That's okay. We can interrupt each other constantly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. good. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. Hey, wait a second. Wait a second. A couple no, of drinks. Trust me, we interrupt ourselves all the time. Don't worry about it. That's right. Okay. Oh no, no. Now it's a big trouble. You gave me permission, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go at it now. There you go. You know, this would be funny if we were like we were talking about the shack and a round table and have. It. We would kind of be like the view right now. Everyone would be talking all at the same time. Uh, you say this hard. I just want to get something across. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Goldberg in here. <laughs> no, you just have car. Welcome local. to the view, Mike. Mike exactly. Is All right, so uh, that was the yeah, yeah. one question about quitting. Mike uh, elaborated on trends and stuff like that. Uh, so the other thing would be if you had any advice for new artists or artists that were were where yeah. are where you were before. So maybe beginning till slightly yeah. slight, a little slightly before where you are right now like when they feel like they're gonna quit what kind of advice would you give them so basically um when it seems like uh basically this uh like say an artist that's starting off feels con like it, okay there's a point where you they like say you're doing art and you're feeling comfortable but then all of a sudden uh you lose track and you feel out of place you don't know what's going on that's because I, I told artists before in university, you know, that that actually means that you're going to a higher step, you know, like, like when you get out of your comfort zone, like say of how you're creating work, um, what happens is that uh, you get out of the comfort zone, you feel disorientated, but that's actually good because if you hold on, then you're going to probably go into another level of your process, you know, going into a better place. And about the quitting thing, I don't know, it depends because sometimes people want to quit due to personal situations or, you know, comments from other artists, you know, going into that whole trend thing, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not being invited, you know, to shows and, you know, to work with other artists, 
in that case, what can I say? Maybe just try to take a few days off, you know, not think about art, just try to get away from it. And then you go back, you know, and then you start creating, trying to avoid thinking about the outside world, you know, because it's noise. A lot of times when you look yeah. too much, that's the problem with social media too, is that when you look at other people's lives, like looking too much what one artist is doing and another artist is doing, you know what happens after that? It becomes this kind of artistic psychosis, you know, it kind of, uh, you say, oh my God, this artist is, is getting more attention from these people and this artist is getting attention from other people. And it creates that whole... Uh... You can't have unrealistic expectations. You're here, yeah. you're starting at the bottom, and you want to jump immediately to the top. It doesn't work like that. You need slow and steady, be consistent, Yeah. stay true to yourself, yes. and don't, and like Mr. D says, don't yeah. go with the trends necessarily. Yeah, exactly. And that, and also having a lot of conversa like conversations. For example, if you have a studio, or if your studio's in your apartment or your home, you know, invite artists to come over. I had an artist that's uh, part of a big gallery. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Because sometimes either if you're not blocked, yeah. sometimes it's because you're looking so close that you can't see something new that you're possibly doing. Like I have an artist that uh, he's part of a big gallery. I went to a friend who was curating a show here in Montreal. He's from New York. And he invited me to a dinner, you know, with a bunch of other artists. And this one really great artist um, came to my apartment and we started talking. And I said, I want to use this material. I want to do this. And he just gave me two or three ideas and it just kind of switched on something new. And like I said, that can also take you away from uh, that kind of thing of wanting to quit, you know, like uh, talking to artists that you respect, you know, maybe you get new inspiration or. It's good. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, going for a walk, yeah. talking to an old friend, mm -hmm. going out for a drink. Like you don't ever exactly. know where the inspiration is going to come from and you never know exactly. where the new ideas are going to come from. I mean, working in the school, you're going to walk around, you're going to see what all these kids are doing. You're like, you know what? There's some good ideas on this wall. I might just take their art and use it. <laughs> just put my name on like, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, watch someone take it out of context. They're really like, oh my God, he's stealing kids' hearts now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, you never know. You know, this, that'll, be, that'll be my shtick in September. I'm going to use kids' <laughs> art and pass it as my own. Like, exactly. I'm yeah, an exactly. artist now. Here's my oh website. My <laughs> no. Yeah, great. We're going to have like Elmo, Big Bird, the Muppets. Uh, all the, uh... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah yeah. i draw right yeah. I, I i still draw like uh occasionally my, my nieces will come over and they'll ask uh, uncle mike can you uh oh, or they sweet, call yeah. me zio yeah. or uncle mike or zio in italian but uh i'll they'll ask me to draw yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, paw patrol or uh like uh, elmo or and they freak out huh? they're like well wow. I, I i can it's just that sometimes i just need to look at something and get an idea and then i could kind of so i have a little bit of it i used to be able to draw yeah. like spider-man really well and wow. things like that i always had a hard time yeah. with like faces and hands and stuff like that but i could do like no, monsters and cartoons and, and, and things so uh that, that i struggled with that but then uh you know i stopped practicing i just practice with my nieces now so no but that's huge i'm telling you anywhere even university anywhere in the arts um even professors say hands and faces yeah. you know it, it's it's almost like the blank canvas you know like uh people that you see a blank canvas you're afraid the minute you put paint on it you can't clean it off you know so that's that first fear mm. you know so i think it's a it's a similar thing with uh with that you know with the hands and and faces you know even artists who work for years sometimes freak out but the thing is there's professors who make you realize that sometimes there's hands that are drawn crooked or like this, but what you look at is the the line quality 
or you know like within that the formation there's something amazing within the movement so once you think of uh hands and faces in that way you almost feel free you know you feel released you know if i had more time and maybe it'd be something i do and sit down and practice but especially yeah. uh, as i'm doing more work on my hands yeah that's yeah <laughs> the shakiness is back you know so i'm not oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. of course <laughs> yes that's that's just the way it goes anyways uh i wanted to add also that since we're getting to our social media stuff yeah, you're that's... on instagram gee at uh, everyone's and, and i've said this before episode yeah. uh season yeah. one episode 17 yeah. i think it was 17 eh, mike we mentioned you and i, I gave you a shout out and i said yeah, we were yes. going to try to get you on here and now we're season two and this is where we're at but you're on yeah. instagram uh yeah. you have a website and you're mm-hmm. also on linkedin so carlo yeah. polidoro lopez on linkedin instagram mm-hmm. at po underscore li underscore do underscore ro so it's basically mm-hmm. your uh, your middle name, but it's like exactly, yeah. And at Lata underscore project on Instagram as well. And then there's your website www.carlopolidoro.lopez.com. You got some pieces of work on there, a little bit about yourself. So if anybody wants to go check that out, you can actually see Carlo's art. And then you're also on LinkedIn, so they can they can check you out on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. You can, um, so on Instagram, write me crazy messages. LinkedIn, write me professional messages. Send, send appropriate <laughs> pictures. No inappropriate pictures, people. No, 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 Nothing. no, no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, please. Nothing like that. Now, now, Mr. D knows your Instagram. He's gonna message you every day. So you're gonna be like, oh, no. Hey, Carlo, what's this? Oh yeah. Oh no, no. But but I, I you'll do that. I'll I'll, I'll send words. So <laughs> we'll go back and forth. <laughs> Any- It'll be like this horrible battleship thing, you know. So now, like, I'll, I'll probably know what to expect now. Yeah, basically, we'll do, like, this kind of battleship, you know, back and oh, forth. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> exactly, yeah. After I sunk the battleship, I'll send, like, a really nice picture. <laughs> All right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Lopez. We got that. Uh, we'll, we're going to do a wrong answers only tweet that I didn't tweet. Yeah. Because I always do that on my Twitter, and then I talk about it yeah. on our, our episodes. So okay. what's yeah. to say we're going to do it with you and Mike, and then I'll ask you your answer and Mr. D's answer, okay. right? Okay. What is the best way to make art? Mm-hmm. Wrong answers only. Best way to make art? Wow. Oh my God. Wrong answers only. I know. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> best way to make art? Uh... Uh, throw a hammer at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually right, though. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, Carl, you're very inspirational. <laughs> That's the problem. No, it's it's because the problem is I I already make wrong answer art, right? So exactly. I'm in trouble. <laughs> so you know what I'm you gonna do? What? I think now I work. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna buy a whole bunch of hammers just start throwing it at walls. Like Mike, what the hell are you doing? You're you like it's conceptual Carlo. art. Leave me alone. From uh, me and Mike's podcast. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so if you want wrong answers, I have to give a right answer. You know, I'll just like uh, I'll probably like trace out uh, um, a Velasquez or something. I don't know. We'll I, I would I would say put it in the oven and then there you go. But oh right, oh yeah, that's, yeah, it's that's true. my wrong answer. <laughs> uh, actually, I'll I'll make a pie, right? I'll, I'll take like a, the pie crust, you know, the raw crust, and I'll just yeah. kind of make drawings. I'll uh, put it in the oven, you know, and then take it out and start dipping it into milk. What do you think? I like it. Good. good. There you go. That's that's our, that's it. The wrong answers only question, not a wrong answers only tweet. Like that. Exactly. That's how do you right. like that, Mister D? 
to put some milk in it, yeah, and uh, add some Oreos to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To That's right. Or and then after that, whatever's left over, I'll just like throw it on someone's face. I guess I don't know. You know, isn't that the classic? <laughs> Actually, you know what? There's a few people I want to throw it on. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. Hey, for I don't know, I don't know. It's making me think because of the Oreos thing. But I used yeah. to work at sleepaway camp for like ten years, right? Yeah. And what they would use, what they used to do is used to take the yeah. cookies or the Oreos. Take out yeah. the icing and fill it with toothpaste and put the Oreo back in. Oh, and then people perfect. would eat yeah. it and, you know, it would go everywhere. Like, wouldn't it even be better with Ben Gay though or something? Uh, that's all they had access to it when you're secluded from yeah. everybody, but yeah. You know, you know, like rub A A35, what do you call <laughs> oh, it? Oh, you know, that's, uh, that's not strong. You don't want that in your mouth. That's No, 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 no. <laughs> I got one better. I, I got one better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, the cock out of there, dude. It's like, what the hell kind of Oreo is this? By the way, viewers, you know, like, don't do it. It's not a, it's not a pod. What do you call it? Uh, yeah, the Tide Pod contest. Oh yeah, don't, don't, don't put, don't put Tide don't Pods put, in your mouth. No, no, no. Don't, don't put the uh, Ben Gay or don't put the uh, what do you call this? Uh, a rub A five three five in your Oreos. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Viewer discretion. Someone's gonna do it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm afraid of. Someone's gonna do it. Yeah. We just gave someone some ideas. Exactly. I just have to do discretion, you know, all the time now. Whatever. Uh, so well fun. now and now yeah. carlo you get to end the podcast with us uh, mr d's been out of practice but you know what time it is <laughs> mr d what time is it it's time for uh wrong answers only <laughs> we did that we did we did that already i know, I know. <laughs> it's time to uh si it's time to sign us out time to sign us out see yes 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 i'm a little bit rusty but i'm pretty sure i can i can uh i remember <laughs> so uh for all you, for all our listeners, thank you for uh, tuning in to season two, and uh, you can join us next time on uh, Mr. Mike's Wrong Answers Only with uh, yours truly, uh, Mr. D. And uh, th we want to thank uh, Mr. Carlo for uh, for coming on our podcast. Thank you and, so much. Uh, you can uh, join us or search for us at uh, <laughs> any. Uh, anywhere i'm a little bit nervous <laughs> anywhere any anywhere whether it's uh, google uh, podcast <laughs> you can search for us uh on any of our uh, platforms that we have yeah I, lo I love your ufo lighting in the back there by the way <laughs> oh thank you we're not, good thing we're not doing a video <laughs> podcast right now because we got my like i got i, I got blurred in the, i got blurred in the background but my my whole yeah. it's just a storage right now and Mike and Mike's got the the UFO <laughs> fan light going and everything, but and I have like the brown couch in the back, you know, like the... <laughs> no, it's okay. But uh, hey, oh, I, I kind of, you know, it reminds me of that brown couch from like Star Wars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's perfect. From my Family Guy, actually, from Family Guy. <laughs> We're attacking each other's backgrounds now. It's perfect. <laughs> Listen, this is what we do to guests. You come on and we make fun of your backgrounds, and we. <laughs> They're never gonna come back on the podcast again. I yeah exactly that's right. At least okay. we're gonna get listeners. That's for yeah. sure. So everybody, thank you for tuning in. Remember thank to you. check out Mr. Lopez's uh, social media accounts, Instagram, his website, LinkedIn. Actually, two Instagram accounts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mr. Mike MTL and Wrong Answers MTL, and also on Instagram and. Yeah. We're going to see you next week, next month, whatever. We're, we're, we'll see you next time. We're, we're going to see you next time. <laughs>